You are listening to another episode of Frontline Medic Podcast. My name is Suzanne Exerson, and I am your host for this podcast, brought to you by Frontline Medic Community. If you want to get the latest insights from the Frontline Medic Community, make sure to sign up for a regular newsletter on frontlinemedic.org. We have lots of great things that's going to happen in the next couple of months, so stay tuned for more. Let us present the next guest, Cheryl, who is the Chief People and Diversity Officer for Smile Direct Club. Cheryl is a purpose-driven and value-based leader who believes in the power of courage, compassion, integrity and learning. She has worked across a diverse industry, including telecom, professional service, startups, insurance and manufacturing. As the Chief People and Diversity Officer for Smile Direct Club, Cheryl and her 100-person team drive a people-first agenda that enable exceptional business performance. So let's jump into it and learn how you can be smiling and thriving at work. So I know you have a big passion for HR and you've been working in that field for a while. What was it that got you into it? It's really interesting because I spent my earlier career, a big part of it, in marketing, advertising, and communications. And I was working for Mars Incorporated. People know it for the candy, but it's also pet food. But I was working for them in a global communications role, an HR communications role. And they kept saying they they loved my leadership and my passion, and they wanted me to come over into an HR operational role. And I remember thinking at the time, my passions in life are around building effective teams, being part of great teams, and then really helping people thrive. I was scared to make that career change. I did it at the age of 40. and But I did it because I had a supporting leader and team around me. And I'm so glad I did because I do, I get to live my, my purpose every day on helping people thrive. And so that's what got me into it. Amazing. So if you look on your day to day, how you run your day, do you have any daily habits that you follow? Yes. When we went through the pandemic, one thing I realized is that I was sitting all the time. And so now I start my days with a a three mile walk. Um, the first mile is not that hard because I have my dogs with me and they stop at every mailbox, but (laughs) I go out with my dogs. They're happy. I'm happy. And then I clock in about three miles, just walking every morning. And it gives me a really good chance to clear my head, but a new one I've started is sometimes I wake up in the morning and I feel a little bit of dread of some things I have to do that I don't want to do. And it can be something like bathing my dogs or or maybe sitting and going in through some type of process work that I don't want to do. And I've started this morning ritual of instead of I'm so bummed I have to do this to, hey, I'm really grateful that I have a job, that I have one I love, that I get to actually sit in this meeting today. Or I'm really grateful that I have the, the love and companionship of my dogs. And even though they're filthy dirty, I'm so happy that I get to bring them the joy of being clean. And so I've started this reframing in the morning and it really has changed my outlook on my day, especially as I approach things I may not want to do. So a bit of a like positive and affirmation almost. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gratitude. It's 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 gratitude at a different level, and uh, it is really helping because I do feel sometimes the stress 
and pressure of the day-to-day life that come when the lines are blurred between your personal life and your professional life. Yeah. Frontline Medic is all about empowering frontline leaders to, to create a better and experience for the customers. So tell me about a recent experience that you might have that uh, was a really good example of good customer service. Okay. The example I want to share is a good and a bad. And just this weekend, we had these powerful storms in town that we were worried about tornadoes. And from that, my internet went out through Xfinity. And I was out of town, so I kept trying to call and get them to help me, but they couldn't because I wasn't home. And then when I got home, they kept sending me to an AI bot. So I was thinking this is the worst customer experience I ever had. And it truly was like, I really want to write a letter. However, later that day, I got in touch with someone, a person who said, let me help you. And and what happened was she had true empathy for my experience. And she not only gave me a tip to go into the store, she also scheduled me for service as a backup in case it didn't work. And then when I went in the store, the lady that greeted me, the human being that greeted me was so nice and empathetic. And then she also looked at my account and saw that I wasn't getting the benefit of rewards and was like, I'm going to sign you up right now because you're not getting this. And so she thought beyond my immediate need and actually made me feel so much better because I was ready to go on to Facebook about how much I hated Xfinity. (laughs) But because I had that human intervention and I had that empathy, that care, and someone taking responsibility for my happiness, it turned it completely around into a very good experience. Yeah, that's interesting. And and you mentioned empathy too. How do you think you foster that in a frontline person that's working the frontline to really deliver that service? How do you foster that kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I think if we think about building empathy into our frontline workers, first of all, it comes with the business putting a strategic importance on thinking like a customer. That's one of our organizational values and, and to show that importance then we need you need to train and make it okay for people to show that. So an example is when we think about our customer experience, we go through what that journey is and, and what those interactions are. And we actively look as a leadership team for ways to add more empathy. And we train our frontline team members on how to get to people's emotional why, how to tap into what's really either bothering them if it's a complaint or driving them to have an experience with us today. And so it's fundamental in how we onboard and train our frontline frontline team members, but it's also that leadership, we on a weekly basis, we will listen to calls and watch videos on our team members interacting with customers And if we see areas to add more empathy, we'll give that feedback directly to that person and to that team. And so that just becomes a a virtual cycle of making it important from the start, reinforcing it through feedback, and then recognizing team members who are really doing it well. 
And how do you do that? Like, how do you do the recognition of people that are doing it really well? There's a couple of ways that we like to do that. We have a, a platform internally that we call Champions that's visible to everybody in the company and you can get points or social recognition. So that's your base one is, is we do that. The second is through these weekly meetings that we have, our CEO sits on them and people get to hear directly from him if they're video or their call is being reviewed. And so nothing makes them feel more energized than being able to interact with the CEO who, when they walk away, they say, that CEO saw me, they valued me, and they recognized me. And to get that top-level leadership caring about that person's performance and that person's interactions, it just has a magnifying. But the other ways is obviously we have every other company, we have merit increases, we have promotions, we have different things like that, career paths. Some of our frontline team members are smile guides and there is a path there for them to be shop managers. And when we see someone doing things really well, that's when we look to share it with the other team members. And then we look to recognize them through their performance. And how do you think that you connect your, or do you have a process in place on how you connect your frontline to the overarching goal of the company and really break down um, to the frontline so they understand how they pay, um, play into the bigger picture? Yes. So every year we go through and we set some objectives. It's called OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. And we make them broad, but then we rely on our leader to go in and to create a connection for every team member, not just frontline, but for every team member to be able to connect their work through the work we're doing. And so that we do that through goal setting, which we're actively going through right now, where each individual sets goals and it all ladders up to our overall company objectives. And then on our more, if I think about our smile shops, obviously there are key performance indicators that they have that would connect them to the broader business results as well. Yeah. How do you think that, how do you, what do you think is the best way to motivate your frontline employees to give great customer experience and be happy at their work. We're talking about the big retirements and that people change jobs and careers and frontline workers quitting their jobs because they don't feel appreciated. How do you create a great environment for frontline workers so they feel happy at work and, and give a great service? Yeah, first we start with the premise that we can that you cannot deliver a superior customer experience if internally we are not delivering a superior team member experience. We see them as intrinsically connected. So if that team member feels that this business cares about them, is supporting their development, is giving them the active tools to do their jobs and to do it well and to be getting feedback, then they are going to take that and give it back in spades to our customers. So we invest in our people and then they can deliver that result. So I think for us, it's about the advice I would give is it really is about putting your team members first and prioritizing the opportunities to meet them where they are. I think one thing we are doing really well is we are really focusing on balance and well-being. The pandemic really taught us that is truly important. And as, as the head of HR, when I look at the great resignation, a lot of it is being driven because people want a better experience. They want to be valued. They want their well-being and to have some balance. So we've chosen to really focus on that 
and to put that whole human first and to understand that that people are not just coming in and they're not just the person sitting on the phone or in the shop or at the desk. They have a whole human experience behind them. So one of the things we did just as an example is we introduced a, a new flexible virtual work policy in April of 2021. And we gave our team members the opportunity to work remotely. But then for those um, that couldn't, we also added in uh, a new personal day that they could take off to either have a balance or wellness day or to celebrate a holiday that was more meaningful to them than you know what the business recognizes. And so we've been looking at our work policies so that people can see that we're actually focusing on the human being and on making sure that they have a good team member experience. So that's how we motivate our people. Uh, they love it when we do a, a pulse survey and we get the results and we say, we're going to work on these three to four things and we actually do it. So I guess my advice is on how to motivate your frontline workers is care about them, listen to them, and then act on what you hear. Because if they're feeling energized and engaged, that's going to have a magnifying impact on how they treat customers. And do you have some more example of where you listened to some of the feedback from the front line and made a change within the business? Another example where we listened to our frontline workers was on our benefits, actually. We had some benefit plans that for our team members had very high deductibles, and we heard very loud and clear that this was not sustainable to them. And when we looked at the costs of changing that versus the cost of turnover, we went and made those changes and we, we lowered our deductibles. It did mean a little bit more for the company to take on, but for us, it was an investment in our team members to show that this is a mutual relationship. That's another example where we listen to our team members. We want our workforce to be reflected from a diversity point of view of our customer base. And, and that is the broad spectrum of beautiful human beings that we have in this world. And so we, we've really heard a lot about our focus on making sure people feel included, feeling like they belong and that they can be their whole selves. What we're doing differently in the cultural exchange or in what we're doing around inclusion, diversity and belonging is we're really taking the time every month to do what's, we do a playbook. So if it is a Black History Month or if it's uh, women history or if it's pride, we go through and we create a detailed playbook that, that educates people on how this, what the focus on this area is about, how you can learn more as an individual, how you can have a discussion with your team. If you're not adept at having these types of conversations, sometimes people are nervous about stepping into these conversations. So we're trying to teach our leaders through these playbooks that we are sending out on a monthly basis. And it's really moved the needle in people's understanding and awareness, but more importantly, how to apply it. That, that's where sometimes we can go wrong as HR practitioners, as we can give all this information out, 
but we don't teach people how to apply it. And I think that's where we start to get more uptick from our frontline workers, but all of our workers. Can you give an example if someone is listening? Oh yeah, I'm really struggling with the application of this. Do you have some tips that you can give? Yeah, if you are just starting to think about how you become more of an inclusive leader or that you want to reflect the diversity of the team, I think the first thing to do is just Don't be afraid to ask. We had a very powerful example at Smile Direct Club right after the murder of George Floyd, where we were trying to help educate our leaders on how to discuss it. And there was an African-American team member who told me, what, Cheryl, the best thing that happened to me was my leader, who is white, just sat down and asked me how I was feeling and asked me what it meant to me and cared about my emotion around it. And that's all that person had to do. So it's not rocket science. It really is, I would say, be curious, educate yourself on whatever that is, whatever that diversity is, and then be open and ask questions from an appreciative inquiry space. So that means help me understand more about that. Why is that important to you? And and how can we be more reflective of that on our team? Because when you have that conversation from an invitation point of view, it draws in the person who may have before felt on the fringe, but now feels safe to share their experience. I think it also really showcase that sometimes you don't have to have the answer or the solution to a problem. Sometimes it's just the only thing you need to do is just to listen and yes. show that you care. Listen, care, and act when appropriate. And those really are the keys to empathy. I had a leader in another business say to me, I don't know how to do empathy. And that's what I said to them. I said, can you listen just to understand? Can you be curious about the impact on that person? And can you care about them as a human? That's really what empathy is all about. And then if you can do something great, But sometimes people just need an ear. They don't even need you to do anything. Make sure you're sense checking with that person at the end of that conversation of, do you want me to do anything with this? Or or, or did you just need me to listen? And and that question in and of itself is empathetic, right? Of, you know, let's make sure we do something with this. So it just doesn't hang out there in the wind. So thinking about an experience that you deliver to your customer, what do you think is different between an experience that is average and one that is awesome? I think the way is, You have to listen to your customer and really listen. And I I truly go back to what I said before. It starts at the top. So every week we have call center review with our contact center. We have video review with our shops and all the senior leadership sits around and we listen and we learn from our real customers. We don't sit there and justify why we acted a certain way. We listen with empathy to say, how could we have been more empathetic in that moment? This is a human. It didn't have the experience they wanted. So what could we do to be more empathetic? And I think that weekly practice, showing it's a priority, reinforcing it through feedback, and then really taking the time to listen, to really listen to that customer versus justifying the way you think you should be doing it. And The example I would give is after listening to some of our customers through call review and video review, we realized we had a real opportunity to set the stage for our customer. Now we make aligners, right? And it can be a five to six month commitment on straightening your teeth. 
So what we realized from our customers was there was an opportunity to start from the beginning with what we call a customer success team. And so customer success team is comprised of, of people who they set a list of TMs that the customer service they will get as their main contact. So just think if you're getting aligners for the first time and we call you and we say, we can't wait for you to have your experience. If you have any issues, here's who you can call. Here's a list if you're having a dental issue. Here's an issue if you're having a billing issue. And, and I'm going to be here for you throughout the whole journey. Here's my name. Here's my phone number. And what that does is it gives them consistency, an extra layer of support, and they know they're going to get a human being throughout their whole treatment. So that was a really live example of something. We just had to reorganize our teams, but it was something that was pretty quick and easy to make, but it came from listening to our customers on how they thought we could be more successful. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great example. Great example of how you can really improve your customer experience by listening to your customers. So if you would describe the single most important attribution for a great frontline employee, what would that be? If I think, if I think about our business, we believe everyone deserves a smile they love and for our frontline team members, a career they love. I'm going to start with the business. Um, as a business, we need to provide the right conditions for them to thrive. But as we look at how we attract frontline workers, it really starts with hiring. So when we are interviewing our team members, we look for people who have that customer centricity, who are confident, empathetic, engaging. Now we interview most people through Zoom. So we get a chance to hear how people interact over that type of medium. But I would say if I had to describe the most important attributes for our contact center and for our other frontline team members in our shops, it always starts with curiosity. If you're curious, you're going to be asking more questions of the customer. You're, you are going to be testing new light, new things, and you're going to be a lifelong learner. And you're also going to be open to feedback. As I said, we're going to continue to refine how we be more empathetic. If you're curious, you usually are more willing to accept feedback. The other is no fear of ambiguity right? We are in an uncertain world right now. There is a lot of volatility, uncertainty, complexity. Uh, and at Smile Direct Club, across the board, we look for that. For people who can thrive in ambiguous situations, who can manage through the unknown. And that really comes from people who are confident in their ability to pivot, confident in their learning agility. And that is a real top attribute, I think, for every business as we're going through, we don't even know what the new normal is. And then I would say being a team player. So I know you asked me for just one. I guess if it was just one, if I did think of just one single most important attribute, it would be curiosity. <laughs> yeah, that kind of funnels to everything else. If you're curious, you can normally yeah. be adoptable and be a good team yeah. player as well. Yes. Yep. Just the lifelong learner aspect of being curious. Yeah. So tell me about a tool or a handbook or a mental model that you might have and that you've been finding really useful to drive better employee experience. I would say the mental model that I would use around this really is trying to figure out how you can amplify the ways to listen to your team members. And I think for us to navigate this new normal, we have to be agile and we have to ebb and flow. This summer, we launched listening sessions. I met with various team members and I could hear from them what challenges they were facing as individuals, but then also 
for the business. So an example for our contact center is they really missed the water cooler talk. And because they were all working from home, they didn't have that opportunity. So we inserted in times for them to have a coffee chat, times for them to have a happy hour. And you have to work around scheduling. So it's not like everybody does it at once, but we worked with our leaders to make sure that people could still get together and have some of that. But I don't know, my handbook mental model is always listen with empathy and really think about the experience that you want your team members to have. So many leaders will say to me, I don't know how to do it. But those are the same leaders that are enormously empathetic to the customer, right? They'll get the surveys on the customer. They'll look at what, what's impacting their life, the macroeconomics, the socioeconomics. They'll know everything about how to make that customer happy and how to appeal to that customer. Yet sometimes they don't pivot that to how they lead and manage their frontline employees or team members. So it's all there. It, 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 it really is curiosity and understanding what your people's lives are and what will motivate them. Yeah, great. And if you think about other industries that have big frontline teams, what do you think they can learn from Smile Direct Club when it comes to recognizing achievements and progress? Never underestimate the power of recognition. We do this through our Champions platform all the time. The recognitions just fly and people feel really great and they're being recognized for a truth called think like a customer or be curious. All the attributes that we feel really make a good line team member are part of our values. So if you don't have something like that in your values, really think about that. Also with our frontline team members, we have a program called My Ideas Matter. And frontline team members can submit their ideas weekly on how to improve the customer experience. And all of those are reviewed with our CEO and our leadership team on a weekly basis. So building these ways that leadership stays connected to the frontline experience. I've seen different businesses where once you get to a senior level, you sometimes think, well, I, got, I need to just focus on strategy or mergers and acquisition or other things. And they lose sight of connecting on a weekly basis or with the actual team members who are your frontline workers. We do that every week. And I have seen the difference in morale and productivity and retention, and then in how they treat their team members. And we were recently awarded by Comparably the top place to work for happiness. And that's because we really, we're, we're focused on our customer happiness. <laughs> and to do that, we focus on our team member happiness. So just always remember that those things are very linked. Yeah. And do you have an example that you can give where you've been listening to the frontline team and, and made an improvement in the experience? If I think about the My Ideas Matter program where our team members are submitting ideas, we review these every week in what's called a sync session. And we have received some through our shops that focus on driving team member engagement. One of the ones that we focused on recently was team members wanted more Smile Direct Club gear and things to show their pride. And they wanted to be able to reflect that more in the shops. And they wanted ideas of showing how engaged we were. And so we worked on that because when they would experience it every day, 
it would drive their engagement. One of the ideas that came from our frontline workers actually came from communications. We found with a lot of our corporate communications that they weren't filtering down to our frontline workers, and this was creating a sense of disconnection with them. So we listened and we started doing these toolkits for leaders where we went through any news that has happened that month or any actions that they need to take or any really positive stories that were released externally. And we shared them with the leaders, all leaders, but in this instance of our frontline workers so that they could sit down and have conversations with them. And it really helped our team members feel more connected to what's going on on a monthly basis. And we've gotten great feedback on that one. Yeah, great. That was really a good example of how you connect your frontline to the bottom line as well. Yeah. If a company wants to create a better experience for the customer, what is one simple thing they can do today that will make a long time difference? The one thing you can do is double down your focus on team member or employee engagement. It is proven through numerous surveys that if you have a highly engaged workforce, it drives productivity, commitment to the mission, going the extra mile for your customer and their happiness, which will come through the phone or an interpersonal interaction. If nothing else, really focus on what that team member experience is, improving it if you need to, and making sure you're driving the right behaviors and conditions for your team members to thrive. Great. And the last uh, question I have, do you have a quote that you live by? I do have a quote that I live by. The quote that I live by is by Joseph Campbell, and it is, where you stumble, there lies your treasure. And the reason I like that is because most of my life, I felt like I had to be perfect at things, and it made me not as kind to myself. But what I've learned is where I trip up or where I struggle, A, I have something to learn there. B, it gives others an opportunity to come in and help and support and add their views to whatever I'm working on. That's great. I think that's kind of a good summation of the whole interview, Cheryl, because you've been talking <laughs> about empathy and that's really tying back to that empathy and leadership as well. So that was great finishing. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for listening to another episode of Frontline Magic Podcast with your host, Susan Axelson. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at susan at frontlinemedic.org with any feedback or thoughts that you would like to share on this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Nicely. Ask Nicely is your number one frontline success platform with everything your frontline teams need to delight every customer every time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating. Frontline Magic provides you with the tools, insights, and inspirational stories you need to deliver an awesome customer experience. Sign up for free and learn more at frontlinemagic.org. And thanks for making Frontline work awesome.